Well, we are very welcome this morning. I will ask that we just lift up our voices together as one and start to give God praise for all what God is, for His mercy over us for the past years. Shall we just give God praise? Lift up your voice and give God thanks. Father, we exalt you, we exalt you, we exalt you, we exalt you, we exalt you. Ma paredes colonin de scambra libro de moshita lambadone. Ori capara de dosita la momba. Le crete le gronto si paredo si limongre le disco pralemonde. Ori capara la boboshikandre moshita banda. Father, we exalt you, we exalt you, we exalt you, we exalt you, we exalt you. Ye catara de discapara de doshi. Father, we exalt you, we exalt you, we exalt you. Give God the praise and honor and glory. Lord, we give you the praise, we give you the honor, we give you the glory. We magnify the Lord for all that you have done for the past days. For the past years, in every church of prophetic voice ministers, thank God for all the pastors of prophetic voice ministers across the globe. For the heart God has given to us, for the strength He has given to us. Lift up your voice and give God praise. Now thank God for all our members that God had brought to all uh, to the churches for what God had done through the ministers to the members and through the members to the community. Father, we exalt you. We magnify your holy name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you Lord. Lord, we commit Father, be thou exalted. Be thou exalted, O God. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Amen. Amen. We are going to just lift up our voice together and thank God for this hour. Shall we just pray a prayer of thanks? Father, we exalt you. We magnify your holy name. We thank you for grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your unction. We thank you for your power. We thank you for what you have prepared for this hour. We bless and glorify your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. I'm going to bring on the first person who will lead the prayer this morning. Pastor Sam, can you unmute your stuff, please? Praise God, praise God. We're just going to go straight to our prayer points this morning. But before I do, uh, I'm just going to, you know, give us one or two scriptures for us to uh, focus on as we pray. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13, it says, So then, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But there is a conjunctive word there. It says, for it is God who is at work in you, both to do and both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians chapter 1 verse 20 says, my hope, my confident hope is that I will in no way be ashamed, but that with confident boldness, even now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether I, whether I live or I die. 
And people of God, before we pray, I want us to say one. There are three eternal truths that I found out in my Christian life. The first one is that God is with you. The second one is that God is in you. And the third one is that God is for you. But I want us to focus on the scripture, the one that says God is in you. Because Paul said that he said we shall continue to work out our salvation. We've been hearing of, you know, this, during these three days of you know, this uh, PVM retreat, God has been speaking to us so much as to what we ought to do and what we ought to become. But I don't want us to lose one to people of God, that it is God who is at work in us. And I want us to pray this morning that as we leave this particular conference today, that we will be conscious of the work of God in us. We will be conscious of God's operation, God's action in us to make us to be able to do or to will and to do everything that we've been hearing for, since Monday up till yesterday and the one we are going to you know, hear today. Come on, let's begin to pray. Let's begin to pray. Let's begin to pray. That we will be conscious in the name of the Lord Jesus. We will be conscious of the work of God. The Bible says it is God. Who is at work in us? God is working on the inside of us, both to will and to do. Lord, help me to be conscious of what you are doing. Help me to be conscious of your divine operation. Help me to be conscious of what you are up to, of what you are doing on the inside of me, that I can cooperate, oh God, with your divine assignments. I can cooperate with what you are doing and where you are going, where you are taking me to. Lord, open my eyes to see what you are doing on the inside, for it is you who is at work in me. I cannot do anything I don't see you do on the inside. I cannot do anything. I can't go anywhere I don't see you going on the inside. Open my eyes, O oh God, to the realm of the Spirit, to what you are doing in me and through me and for me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that my tomorrow will be better than where I am today, O oh God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, I will call Pastor Lola everybody to lead us in the next prayer, please. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, sir. Good morning, ma. This morning we are coming in the word of God. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. We've been on the mountain and now we are going down from the mountain and where we have been having experience experiences of God. Um, and, and so I want us to pray uh, that God, as I am going back to my routine, I'm going back to my ministry, I'm going back to my businesses, I'm going back to my home. Some of us are not at home. Some of us are home. Uh, some of us are, uh, we, we are not in our normal ministry time. So I want us to lift our voice to God today to say, God, grant me the heart that is willing and obedient to obey your word. We've been fed so long. We've been fed too long in this place and and it's not even enough time but i want us to cry to god god may my heart be willing and obedient to the instructions that has been given to us this morning father we come to you through the precious blood of jesus and we stand in the holy place right now father as we have been fed by your word we have been fed by your servants and father this morning oh god we cry to you that may we have the heart that is willing and 
obedient to the instructions that we have been given. Oh Lord, that is given from your word. May we be obedient, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. For 40 years, oh God, you killed those who were disobedient to your word, oh Father. You killed them through, 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 through plagues, oh Father, through all kind of diseases, Father. And it wasn't your will for your people to die. You took them out to take them into the promised land. And so this morning, Father, we cry out to you that may we have a heart, oh God, not just the ears that is quick to hear, oh Father, but the heart that is quick to respond to your word in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Father, we pray today, oh Lord, that even may we know your ways, oh God, as Moses knew your ways and the children of Israel, your heart, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, so that at the end of the day, the world may know that truly we are the call out ones in the mighty name of Jesus. May our testimony be outstanding testimony that is born out of a heart that is willing and obedient in Jesus Jesus anointed name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn on the Bible with me to the book of Psalms, Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Verse 6, it says, The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. I want us to lift our voice to God that as we have been fed on this mountain and we are going down. Lord, give us the heart that executes righteousness and justice for the oppressed. There are a lot of people that are oppressed and I want us to cry out to God. The reason why we are called out is so that we can be God's voice to the nation. God's voice to the voiceless. God's voice to those who are weak and be able to speak words that will bring the downtrodden up. The, the, the reason why they call it pulpit is because we are given that pulpit to pull people out of the pit. I want us to lift our voice to God this morning. Lord, give us a heart that executes righteousness and justice. Father, this morning, as prophetic voice that you have raised, oh God, in this nation and the nations of the world, I cry out to you on behalf and also in agreement with my brethren that we will have the heart that executes righteousness and justice for all the oppressed, oh God, that our pulpit will be the place, oh God, hallelujah, that we pull people out of the pit, not pull them down into the pit of detriment of life, not pull them down into the pit of sin, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, we cry out to you this morning that you will give us, oh God, today is the last day of the feast. And we cry out to you, Jehovah, that as we eat this morning, as we drink this morning, and as the river is flowing out of us, that we will go back to basis. Oh God, to our basis, oh God, and pull people out of the pit of sin and pull people out of unrighteous dealings, oh God. And we will be the voice to the oppressed. We will be the voice of the voiceless in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, we cry out to you, O oh God, through the prophetic voice all across the nation, that the world will know that you are God and God alone in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Yes, Father God, your word says, O oh God, a servant is not above his master. O oh God, we cry to you, O oh God, that you will help us to walk your work and talk your talk and do your bidding in the name of Jesus. Not just to be doing, but to be willing to do what is pleasing to you, O 
oh God. This morning we cry to you, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that at the end of the day, oh God, may souls be delighted that they join us, oh God. May men and women be delighted that they meet us on this earth, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And so shall it be. Father, we thank you because you are faithful. We thank you because you are God. We thank you because you are our God. You are not just God, you are our God. And you are not just our God, you are our Father. And so this morning we thank you so much, oh God, for what you are doing right now. And today, the last day of the feast, oh God, may we truly eat, may we truly drink, and truly out of our belly, may rivers also of living water begin to flow in a way that it has never flowed before, because all the dirt has been removed, all the blockages has been taken away, so Lord, let your river flow this morning, in the mighty name of Jesus, and finally Lord, I pray for our Father in the Lord, as he brings the word to us this morning, oh God of heaven, and earth. May your word come to us. Lord, may we be willing to receive your word. And your word says, he that has the ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Give us the ear that hear what your Spirit is saying. In the mighty name of Jesus, and give us the heart of God that yearn to serve you, that yearn to obey you, that yearn to fear you, and no man in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we are grateful this morning that you have cast us as prophetic voice to be men and women who will be fearless. That will be men and women who will speak with conviction. That will be men and women that will be bold and courageous. That will be men and women of integrity. That will be men and women oh God who give hope to hopelessness. In the name of Jesus we are grateful. Thank you for what you are doing on this in this ministry. Thank you Lord for the visionary, the, the, the leader that you have raised for us at a time like this. Lord we are grateful for our Paul. We are grateful for a man of conviction. We are grateful for a man who is fearless. We are grateful for a man of integrity. We are grateful this morning, Father. We are grateful for a man of excellence. A man who wants to do this excellency. And a godly example you have raised for us. So this morning, all over the nations, we join our faith, oh God. We join our faith together, oh God, this morning. That you will grant him, oh God, the utterance once again to declare your counsel to declare your truth to us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. For everyone online this morning, Lord, may our heart receive your word. May we hear what your spirit is saying to us through him this morning. And so shall it be, Father, we are grateful. Thank you, Lord, for all the pastors online that our ministries will never be the same again. Thank you for all the co-laborers in the vineyard that their service will be unto you, not unto man. Thank you, Lord, for those who are members of our congregation that are laborers in their sphere of influence. Lord, that they too will never be the same. For you are raising up unto yourself a mighty army, O God, that will cause their nations to know once again that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Wow. Let me just pray over you. Uh, in the In the program, we have prophetic declaration on a daily basis but i will tell you that the lord has been doing it by the prayers that have been sent if you watch the prayer if you go back and read the prayer you discover that there are prophetic utterances uh, over our lives 
ya porodisi kilidis kamo bubrali do sima bubrita. Ori kati la bomba redesit kralendo si pralemondo saradish. Makare le bomba, leskete ke le duso kapori de ke tampora monde salabrika monda. Ke prole de sukrudibra le mondo salamamba, ye ke teke de remosi ki paradi, naradoboze ke le nima pro ye pralemondo si mahapa. De ratera, nisketale do to pre le mondo Si ta boski por monde likra ni mospala ninda Siria. Kakaka yektek le mongre katalo boka. Zatos kapurato le mak ta ke supro ye nekute limba. Zezulisko pale mozo labro yisa le monde. Ori kake la membre yitos komarebra le mondo si pahuria. De le kubo boche le kira ma yitra mas kapura monde. Orlare de iska para le bonga ele no si kaboria le mapra le mondo zei. De leze le iso la iso kai. De zologrese le mozi ele moze. Zaloza bo goski la mepo. Chita sepke kimamote se le mon kredis kara mepa. Daria la masakta paha. De dusuma le breku malede kuri mande uri makate. Dar rusito ma epa. Debre le mogori ma yera masidaku. Debra le konte se male pro kaye ganindes kara monte ba yero masita yi. Dera kayinta le moyi kapoye yi akateria. Za 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 parole boski prale mapoye kapoye mote te. Za topole keko ye mabre lapre le mozito praye kinta le mozate into the spirit of God. Kapore te kaye tu kapaye la kateta. Jada kamo baledo si le mongra leta igra. Dele luka memoye le kumba el mosparia ale momoski prale maronde zaladi. Tala lele luska la momoy mamushka yala modai malakati. That insight be given unto everyone under my voice at this hour. To understand the time and the season that we are living in. That sight be given unto them to see into the realm of the spirit. And see the preparation that heaven had made and had made available for this very season. Sato kamabopra momboy le duskarimari datif. That everyone be carried by the wing of the Spirit of God into the heart of the Father. To be able to understand their part to play in this mass revival and great harvest that is coming. That the words that have been spoken by you, oh, in this period, may have its place in the heart of everyone. Sealed by the blood of the land and protected by the power of the Holy Spirit. I speak to your human spirit. The thing that have been sealed by the Spirit of God in you for the, from the time you were born till now be opened in this very hour. That the power of the Holy Spirit that is deposited in you be released into your spirit, into your body, into your mind, into your heart, even at this very hour. That your soul be saturated by that which heaven has deposited in your spirit that shall be broken and limits be taken away. The reasoning and the thinking that the enemy has used against you before Receive strength now. The hand of the Spirit is appointed to use it against the powers of hell. 
that have worried you, that have frustrated you, that have, that have held you back, that have limited you. Rikatarori kabori barirasi. Beep! For there shall be no limit any longer. And the angel that was speaking to me left, and the other angel came and said, Run, tell, 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 tell that young man. Prophetic voice ministers, your name is your list me. As your name is, your tongue be. As your name is, your spirit be. For flesh give back to flesh, as we give back to spirit. I'm sure into your lips, receiving the name of the Lord of hosts. Call of fire from the altar, receive upon your tongue. Not for the atonement of blood of sin, for that has been done by the blood, but for authority and power to speak, and it shall come to pass. For authority and power to speak as an oracle of God, for sight of the Spirit that may see, along with the Holy Spirit. Your net shall not be enough to, for the fishes that you will catch. Tiri paramera kura mesara bride bosida katiara. Peruso malebrote le kira kaya makura bati. The oil pour upon your head today flow to flow down to all that God has connected with you in this work of ministry. Shepanda ratiska mubarade bosata hiria. It can never happen that the wind, that, is, that the atmosphere is short of the wind. No matter how much people breathe in the air, the air is replenished. It's, it can never happen that the sea will be drunk dry. No matter how many nations use the waters of the sea, the waters of the sea replenishes. This friend that does not fail or give up, receive it the name of Jesus. It comes upon you from this hour. That you will run and you shall not be weary. You will walk and you shall not faint. You will never come into a place of isolation in everything. None that are so pradesh As you stretch out your hand to give, you are replenished. As you stretch out your hand to bless, you are replenished. As you stretch out your hand to help, you are replenished. As you stretch out your hand to preach, you are replenished. As you stretch out your hand to prophesy, you are replenished. As you stretch out your hand to speak on behalf of heaven, heaven speak on behalf of you. Thank you, King of Heaven, for sending the angel of these people. And giving new goggles to everyone that is under my voice. For from now your eyes shall open to see into the realm of your spirit. Your, own, your mind shall be united with the mind of the Holy Spirit. That you may walk in cognition with your angel that God has assigned you. Lord, we give you the praise and honor and glory. We magnify your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen and amen and amen. Well, you are very, very welcome to this meeting. I'm very, very happy that um, we can, we, we, we can you know, come to a time like this in our life. It is a season on earth that many uh, wish that they, are, they, they will be part of, especially the mightily anointed men and women of, of God that God has sent ahead of us. Amen. Amen. Good. So, 
Many of them saw it far away. I told you at the beginning, uh, you know, a, a number of men of uh, men and women of God got used in the last century. Who spoke concerning this time that we are? They, they saw the gleam of what is coming. A number of them said that they wish they would live in this time. Because this time, the uniqueness of this time is that this is the end time church that have been prophesied for about uh, for, uh, 2,000 years. And this is the very uh, season when the Lord will come to the earth and, and, and manifest the greatest power that he had ever manifested among mankind. Because the love of the Father for all humanity is so strong, is undiluted. Because the Lord created humanity for himself, as all of you know it. But you know, the reason why we are all gathered is because the church that we see, or that God will use to usher in this end time harvest, must be fully ready. And over the week, we have had God speaking to us in diverse ways. Really, God had dissected, you know, the intestine of the church, helping you ministers to know that situation you are passing through or you are passed through is not unique to yourself. It is, they are situations that are in the scripture. Those who have gone ahead of you have passed through them. However, you are able to relate now fully with the condition that you are. There may be tests of faith. There may be encouragement from God. Even when you have rebellion, even when you have resistance, God works in the midst of all those things to season you and I. Trials and tribulation gives rise to holy jealousy to seek the, the, face, of, the face of God. And we have understood also that the season we are, that we have plague passing by, and this may not be the last plague because we know that the handwriting of God to arrest the heart of man, especially when they go reckless, is severe plague. If by this plague they did not res respond to God, certainly without even prophetic, another will come. It's a matter of time. But however, greater than all that is the revival that I believe God has sparked, which you and I are part of. If I will summarize all for today, our major question today is, how can we reach the sphere of our influence? Because if you look at the book of Matthew 24, verse 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in, in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. This is what Jesus said when he was talking about signs of the end. Matthew 24:14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. In this global vision of Jesus Christ is you and I. And the concentration we're having now is we have been hearing all information <clears throat> that will help us evaluate what part of this are you really? Which part of this global instruction do you belong to? And also begin to evaluate what have you done? What have you contributed 
in this global vision. Another scripture we have you have in mind is this. Luke chapter 14, uh, chapter 4 from verse 14. We'll be looking at this scripture again and again within this lecture. Before the ministry of Jesus Christ, some spectacular things happened. The first thing that happened was that after he was baptized by John the Baptist, we discovered that chapter, chapter 4 of Luke, verse 1 says, Jesus, full of the Spirit, returned to Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert. Jesus was full of the Spirit and he returned to Jordan and then he was led by the Spirit into the desert. And then in verse 14 he says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. He returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. So the first thing was that it was full of the Spirit. He was led to Jordan. All right, where it all began. That is the very place where the heavens opened over him. While John was baptizing him, the Spirit of the, the Spirit of God came upon him like a dove. And then he returned to Galilee. From Jordan, he was led by the Spirit to the wilderness. And of course, we know that he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And then the news about him spread throughout the countryside. Now, this tells us, or this indicates to us, what we call the sphere of influence. Everyone that God has called must be able to be effective in influencing others. All what we have, like give, like grace and stuff, God gave them to us. And from salvation to empowerment of the Holy Spirit, to the gift of the Spirit, to the ability of the Word of God, to the knowledge, to the wisdom, to the understanding, the primary purpose for which God gave us all those abilities is that we will go and influence others so that they can come to Him. Therefore, I will take you through reaching your sphere of influence. Reaching your sphere of influence. Now when you talk about, you know, sphere of influence, you are talking about two areas of influences. One, current sphere of influence where you are. And secondly, future sphere of influence. Your current sphere of influence and your future sphere of influence. Now when we leave this place with all the lecture I'm taking you today, I will expect everyone to now examine, that is, you sit down and think about what is your current sphere of influence. You know, the people that now that you have influence over, and then you look at your vision that God has given to you in the midst of the global vision of Matthew 24, 14, and understand and begin to understand your future sphere of influence, and then you will be able to Plan how to reach that sphere of influence. What is sphere of influence, by the way? Your sphere of influence is defined as your reach of influence. Your sphere of influence is defined 
as your reach of influence. That is the extent to which your influence can reach. That is the sphere of influence. What is your reach there? Your reach is determined by the extent to which you can influence other people. And that's the reason why I look at the reach of influence or the sphere of influence as looking at current sphere and future sphere. Like looking at the people that you are already reaching and the people that are connected to you by one way or the other and the people that you can, which determines the people that you can really influence in your life. I'm going to be showing you um, a graph just a minute, that will help us or put us in a position whereby uh, we can diagrammatically look at all this that I'm talking about. So understand this, first of all, that your sphere of influence, according to Jesus, in his definition, is not limited or is, is, is not, is not definable by us. Is definable by what Jesus has said. And that's where we're going to look at. In the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus says, And you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses first in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So if you look at the sending of Christ, that is the commission Jesus gave us, Jesus defined the sphere of influence that we should reach. And he also gave us the progression of how to. That scripture says, you will receive power. That's number one. So without power, you cannot go out. Without power, you cannot influence others. Without this power, you cannot reach out to the whole sphere of your influence. However, when you are endowed with power of the Holy Spirit, the first area that God has said, that Jesus has said, is your Jerusalem. You will need to first saturate your Jerusalem. Then the second area is your Judea. And the third area is your Samaria. And the end of the earth. Let me help you understand some few things about this Jerusalem. Jerusalem happened to be the center of practice, that is the religious practice. Alright? So you can look at Jerusalem as your own congregation in Tana. Judea is filled with people who are Jews. What I'm saying is that from Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the template that Jesus gave us, you will discover it is the template that Jesus walked with. He said, Weaknesses, you will receive power. That's the first thing. Isn't it? And if you look at Jesus said you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then we read it in chapter, chapter 4, Luke chapter 4 verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned to Jordan and was led by the Spirit to the desert. So the template of Jesus is what Jesus is giving to us. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He spent time with God. He came back in power. Verse 14. Abraham spent time with God. He came back in power himself. And he says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. So, 
No wonder he gave us the same template in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You will be my witnesses first in Jerusalem. He went to Galilee because Galilee was in Jerusalem. That is where he was born. And that is where he began. Those are his own people. They were his first disciples. And he saturated that place before moving out. And I said this to you there. If you cannot be effective in your Jerusalem, you cannot be effective in your Judea. Neither could you be effective in your Samaria. And you cannot read the ends of the earth. What the mistake a number of people have done is that they start, the moment they start ministry a year two, they, they are traveling out. And then you commit yourself more to outside to the detriment of your base. And by it, your base is not fully developed. And by the time you know it, the primary people God has given you in the base, you lose them. And the work suffers, and then you start to struggle. I am so happy for everything that God spoke through uh, Dr. Akwame and Dr. Um, Lockhart. Because you need to know this. It is not the amount of crowd you have, but it is the amount of disciples that you could make. However, God is interested in crowd. I'm talking about crowd as defined as crowd of God's disciples. When he saw the other crowd, he had pity on them because they were like sheep without shepherd. So, let us get this clear. Power first, then weakness. Power first, and then weakness. Why? Because to influence somebody, you must have power. When I talk about influencing people, really what is influence? I want to write this down that came out of looking into various references on influence in our studies. What is influence? Influence refers to your ability to affect, to effect change, primarily. That is your ability to cause something or people to change. It is likened to your ability to shape or alter the choice, behavior, and action of those around you. Influence is your ability to shape, alter, to shape and to alter the choice or choices, behaviors, and actions of those around you so that you can achieve your desired response. As I say that, I want this person to accept Jesus Christ. That is my desired response. And then, I influence the person who said, I don't believe in God. And by the time that I finish talking to him about God, all right, that person changed his position. That is influence. Of course, too, we know that influence can be used for negative. Somebody who has been doing good can be influenced by other people and then begin to do bad. But I'm looking at influence as your tool and my tool for this end time. Understand, therefore, if influence is ability to effect 
And if influence is such ability to shape and alter choices of people, behaviors of people, actions of people, then I, I can say, no wonder Jesus said, you will receive power first because it takes power to effect change. It takes power to change the choice of another person. It takes power to change the behavior of another person. It, ta- it takes power to change the actions of, of people. Because when people are used to a particular way of behavior, normally people always say that it's endemic and they could do nothing about it. All right? We understand the fact that, you know, you cannot say that uh, when you advise people that that changes them. Yes, advice is part of what can change them, but advice does not really change them because many people have received advices and don't do. So, you must come into a place of power to be able to affect the mind of people and to change their mindset. And that is influence. I will come back to this later on before we close when we look at the means to communicate influence. But however, let's go back to this fear of influence. I will explain the fear of influence briefly. Let's look at the context in which you can influence others. The context in which you and I can influence others. What I'm giving you is not rigid. What I'm giving you is not rigid, but it is fundamental. Your first influence in life is your family. It's your family. There are many scriptures that talk about that, but I don't want to go into that because I have many other things to show you within a short time. The second influence nearest to you, I will say, your family, your neighbors, then your church, and then your community, then your city, then your organization where you work, And then, lastly, beyond your organization, in the application of this to church, your organization is the church. To those of you who work, your organization is the work. To those of you who are in school, your organization is the school. These are contexts all around you within which your influence influence can have impact or within which you can influence people. The Oh, the, the last one, which is beyond the organization, I will call, I will, begin, I will look first of all into other organizations that are similar to your organization. That is, other organizations that, that operate like you, your church, and other churches of like mind. You are the same industry, and you are the, the same likeness. You, are, you have the same product. That is, you are preaching righteousness, you are preaching faith, you are preaching the whole counsel of God. That is, organization, church organization that are like you. And you have to syndicate with them. I'm not talking about doctor because Pastor was, uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Um, um, was telling you yesterday that the unity of the body is not uniformity. But you know, two cannot agree, two cannot work together unless they agree. So, the first context you know, when you are, the, the, the context of, of your organization, when you're looking at that, you are looking at organization of similar mind. That is, you stand for the same truth, you stand for the same 
know, uh, uh, a word, you, you, you preach the same word, you, you, you affirm the same principles. And let me say this, your collaboration with those type of organization will increase your synergy or your ability. Because I'll be able to learn from you, you'll be able to learn from me, because nobody can know God all. Any knowledge we have is like a grain of sand. Are we together? And the approaches God will give us in the same sphere of influence will be different. One approach will be different from the other. And we can bring all those approaches together. They will work for all of us because we have the same basis in the area of communication of the gospel. But the other area are organizations who are opposing to your organization. You need not to discard them. You need to influence them. When we come into scriptures about that, because Paul told Timothy that, you know, you must set an example such that people who oppose you will have nothing to say. Organizations who oppose us, organizations who help us to look at, is there any loophole in our operation? Is there anything when they criticize you, you have to just stop and reason. So, they are good to influence. For anyone to criticize you is because you are influencing them already. Because you are challenging what they stand for. That's why they begin to criticize you. Alright? Then, your nation and the world. If you look at what I've, uh, the graph I put on the, on the screen, it talks about sphere of influence. But this really... I will say that it is much more of your internal sphere of influence. Remember, I told you how the internal sphere, your current sphere of influence, sorry, and your future sphere of influence. This is talking all what I'm showing you here. You know, it's talking about your your current sphere of influence. That is the, the graph on the on the on the screen. It talks about your family, your friends, your employer, your co-worker, and neighbors. Now, what does this have to do with the church? A lot. Let me help us understand this. Yesterday, no, two days ago, Dr. Akpam said that in the church, you have different types of people who come to church. Different types of people who come to church. It says the first type of people are people who just come for miracles. Isn't it? He called them parasites. If you are feeding the hungry, they only want to come and eat and go. <clears throat> they are not <clears throat> interested in anything <clears throat> apart from eating the food. Parasites. If you offer any service in church, they just want to take advantage of the service and then leave. Or they want to use the gift of God in you and then go. Give me a word. Pray for me. What does God say? Get direction. Get uh, information. Pray for me. I want to be healed. They are parasites. The second one is called predators. And he says these predators come to attack you. They will be in the church, but they, all the time you are preaching, they will be trying to run you down. When they have isolated meeting with members, they will be telling the members everything that you are not. Because they are predators. Now, the thought people are participants. These are people, if you look at parasites and predators, you and I can agree directly that they are under the influence of demons. Because what parasite does on a tree is to kill the tree. To use the tree until the tree dies. Are we together now? I had a tree, some trees in my, uh, around me here. 
what happened is that I discovered that there is a, there is a, there is a parasite that grows around the trees. And it climbs, it's a climber. It climbs all around the tree. And after some time, it becomes so big. I soon found out after some studies that these parasites, they, they suck the water and the nutrients that the tree should have had. Because the trees were dying before I got to recognize it. So I had to go to the root and cut the parasites out. And then remove their, their, you know, their stem, which has climbed along the tree. Each part that they have climbed and they are sticking with, you know, the back of the stem pulled off. You have to leave the tree to heal. So parasites are under the influence of Satan. They are under satanic influences, easily used by the devil. Predators are easily used by the devil because they will have the spirit of rebellion. They will have the spirit of opposition. As people are praising God and thanking God for your life, they will always have bad record, bad reports and stuff. But then, participants are people who will work so that you appoint them into offices. And once you appoint them to offices, that is it. If you don't put them in a place where they can be known, they will begin to grumble. Some of them will leave. And then you have partners who are the people who run with vision. Now, let me help you understand this. Do you know that parasites in the church can be influenced to become a partner? Do you know that predator in the church can be influenced to become a partner? Because the Lord said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit down at my right hand. I will make all your enemies the put of your feet. Like Paul was a predator. And he became the best used by God. That is influence. Jesus had to appear to, to Paul in Acts 8 and 9, in Acts chapter 9, so as to get him converted. And if you look at Paul, all the ministry of Paul, when he talks to intellectual, he switched over to intellectual reasoning, and he influences them to the place whereby some of them, you know, like Agrippa, they, the moment when Paul spoke and spoke and spoke, they, were, they, were, they, they came to a place where they can't understand anymore. They were afraid. When Paul went to Athens in the midst of idol worshippers, he went into their shrine and he began to walk from one shrine to the other, understood what they believed, and then began to take them from what they believe to what they do not believe. He said, I observed that you people are very religious. And then I was going through and I found a temple that you wrote to the unknown God. That unknown God I bring to you. And Paul, in a short while, was able to capture the heart and mind of these people and these people who were said to be um, idol worshippers, they became God-fearing people. Instantly, revival broke out and they gave up their idols and then they followed Jesus. That is influence. Influence. And that is power. I think <clears throat> at this at this uh, juncture, let me just talk to you briefly about the three major means to communicate influence. And you will find that in all the scriptures we read. Number one, your words. The power that you receive can only work primarily, first of all, through your words. The second a means of communicating influence is your deeds. And the third 
is your how you inspire others, your ability to inspire others. Well, that last one, last one has been abused by uh, um, motivational speakers. You know, Pastor was talking about that yesterday. We motivate people, but rather we inspire them. We motivate them to inspire them, not just motivating people. You are better an inspirational speaker than a motivational speaker. When we talk about secular world, we motivate. But when we talk about spiritual, motivation can only pump the adrenaline of people and they will shout and make noise, but it can never change them. But inspiration, that is this word that comes from the Holy Spirit and your ability to, to present the word in a way that the people will be inspired to change in their choice in their behavior, in their action and attitude. That is what we are talking about when I look at the third um, mechanism used to, 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 to influence others. Your words, your deeds, and how you can inspire. If you look at the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 1, Luke said, in the former book of Theophilus, I began to write on what Jesus began to teach and to do and to teach. Jesus did first and then he taught. I want to say this to you. Every one of us must understand this. People learn more from what you do than from what you teach them. And if you look at these three areas, your words will influence people, your deeds, people are watching it, it will influence people, and your manner of communication will influence people. And I want to say this, every one of us needs to work more on this. And I want you to take two characters as example: Jesus of Nazareth, and then Paul. Take these two people as practical examples. The Lord Jesus and Paul. Let's look at Isaiah. We are going to look at the, 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 three, the three means of communication or how you communicate influence. The word. Through the word. In the book of Isaiah chapter 2 verse 2 to 3, it says, In the last days the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Three major things that will happen to the living church. A church, the church of the living God. Three things that you expect in your church. Number one, it says that the mountain of the lost temple will be established as chief. Anywhere you are, any area you are, you must be the chief in that area. Of concerning when it comes to we want to know God, who is God, which one is God, which one is the right way, or whatever. You must be the chief. That is what the Bible says. The second thing is that God will raise you above hills. When you, you know, they have multi-faith uh, movement in England. I want to say this, that people who are not from England, who probably come from Africa, may not understand this multi-faith gathering that they call ministers to come. We are called to motivate gathering. We are not called there to come and preach or to come and uh, worship God. Though they call it multi-faith. But what we are called to come and do is this. When the government wants to take decisions that affect church people or affect religious people, they will call us. When we gather together, what we are looking at is that the government is planning to do X, Y, Z. How will it affect your religion? 
And you know something? It is sensible for Christians to go to a meeting like that because if Paul was on earth, he will go to a meeting like that. That is what he went to do in Acropolis. He went to Acropolis, you know, to argue with those who call themselves the top magicians of the day. Because in such gathering, these are people, let me say this, Jesus sent us to the sinners. And when they gather sinners, we have this mentality, some of us, I can't be part of it. Let me say, I passed through before, before the Lord told me that, who did I send you to? Who did I send you to? I, I don't want to have anything to do with it. But what happened is that the privileges of the, of the government, they are sharing it with everybody, thinking that we are there. And Muslims are getting theirs, Hindus are getting theirs, other, other religions are getting theirs, and then our church is stopping. Or they will take a decision. Like now, during COVID, they call the tax force to go and enforce the, 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 the thing the, the government is saying on churches. Can you imagine at the beginning, we are not represented there. The people who spoke on behalf of us are not part of us. Before it came to our knowledge, and then we woke up and then began to, you know, make loud noise. And the government said, well, if we see you, we put you there. They put us there. So understand what I'm telling you. That you are supposed to, dis to be distinct above hills, other religion in your area. And all nations will stream into you. You, are, you. you have the ability to draw all nations into you. But what is the ability? That is the major thing. These things reside in you, but what is it? It says in verse 3, many people will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob. Why? He will teach us his ways. He will teach us his ways. The power of your word is the first part, the most powerful weapon you have to influence others. Now, so that we may walk in his path. That is somebody who teach about God. Somebody who presents Jesus to a point of conviction of others. And in the whole area, they know you as a man who has the word of God. The word of life. Then it says, the Lord will go out from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So your word is such powerful. It's primarily most true. For influencing people. If you look at Luke chapter 6 verse 12 to 13. He says one of the days Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray. And spent the night praying to God. Luke 6 12 to 13. When morning came he called his disciples to him. And chose 12 of them. Whom he also designated apostles. Now look at verse 17. He went down with them. And stood on the level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there. And a great number of people from all Judea. You remember Jesus said, You'll be my witness first in Jerusalem and then Judea. From Jerusalem and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Why did these people come? Verse 18 tells you, Who have come to hear him? They came to hear Jesus. The word, the word, the word, the word, the word. And to be healed, the deeds, the deeds, the deeds. What did he say? What did he do? And he says those troubled by evil spirit were cured. And this is what the ministers of God were saying during this period. The church must rise up in the world that is distinct, the world that is clear, the world of hope, 
the word that brings direction and manifestation of the power of the word. When the world will see this, they will run to the church of God. And this is what we are all leaving this conference to go and face. Some of you need to tear your, your, your agenda for the rest of the year and just face this. Are we together now? He says people from town, all people from town, those trouble with evil spirit were killed. Verse 19, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming out from him and healing the sick. This will be our major focus, our primary focus, that we will not preach a word that have no deed. The Bible says God accredited Jesus with great signs and wonders in Acts chapter 2. He accredited him with great signs and wonders. And we need to understand this. For this present age and the challenges that is facing the world today, all this movement, right movement all over the whole place with hidden agenda behind it and you know people are vulnerable, it is because the church needs to speak a loud and clear word, voice, and that church is you, not them. Each one of us, each one of us, when we look at what God will do and we begin to assign it to some people, we exclude God from his plan. If God will use anybody, it should be you and I. So that when I manifest and you manifest and the other manifest, then we can see the kingdom built. Your word, your word, your word, your word, your word. No wonder. Joshua 1 says, this book of the law must not depart from your mouth. Alright? So before it comes to your mouth, you read it, you meditate upon it before you speak it. But he says this word, the book of the law, which is the word of God. He says you must be careful to read and to meditate upon it day and night. And to do everything as written concerning, you know, with the, uh, to everything that is written in it. So that you will make your way prosperous. No. The word, reading the word, speaking the word, doing the word, following the word, and then seeing manifestation. This is all what it's about. If you look at what I'm saying, I have covered your words and your deed. Let me give you more about your deed. Your deed. That is the three major weapons or means of communication of your influence. Mark chapter 1, verse 27 to 28. The people were all amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching. And with authority he drives, he gives orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. News about him was spread, the, that is influence, the reach of influence, spread quickly over the whole region. You see, these three factors that I've given you are the major weapon to spread the news. It is to extend your reach of influence. They will travel farther than where you and I can physically go if we operate these things very carefully. I always say that I don't believe in deliverance where you pray for one person for hours and stuff. Where did you find that in the life of Jesus? The Bible says here, with authority, he gives order. So evil spirit, he didn't pray for them, pray them. No, he commands evil spirit. And you and I have the same power. You and I have the same function. Is to work it out now. And of course, in the night I'm going to talk about it. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? How can you, what are the things required by the Spirit of God for you to, to begin to operate all these things in you? You have the power in every Christian have that power. 
Every Christian has that power. But we're going to concentrate tonight on releasing things you need to do to release power. Very, very simple. It's relationship with God. And you see, whenever the teaching is the word and the teaching is exalted above mountains and hills, it is seen, it is known. Nations will come into it. The teaching and the world will be backed up with authority to cast that devil to heal the sick. And the news of that will spread. We don't need to live where we are. Connecticut never left America. And he's read all over the world. All over the world. We need to understand this. Let me look at one more scenario. Matthew 9, 18 to 26. While he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him. We know this is Jairus. And said, my daughter has just died. But come and put your hands on her. And she will leave. Peter got up and went with him. And so did his disciples. Can I say this to us? It is the deeds of Jesus and the preaching of Jesus that make people have confidence that he can raise their dead. Isn't it? Because Jesus did not preach like Pharisees. He spoke with authority of the word. Dr. Dr. Appam was saying yesterday that you should know that you are the authority you are the oracle of God where you are. It's good to read this thing, but now we, we no more reading it. Do it. You have known it already. Manifest it. Take authority. Recognize where you are. When I lead you in prayer, I used to tell you that. I always pray this. Command the power of God. Seven miles radius where you are. Destroy every work of Satan. With this seven miles radius where you are. Why am I saying that? That is thinking of an oracle. I cannot be in an area and Satan is messing about in the same area. Wake up at 12 midnight when I led you in prayer at 12 midnight. You did not see me lead you there. Can you not think when I say that every manifestation in graveside, every meeting of witches and wizards and every meeting of man and stuff, I command them to be disrupted in the name of Jesus. Anyone they have held born in this area, I lose them. This is what we must do. Exercise our authority in God. And we shall do that more and more and more and more and more. You know, Christianity is, is, is a matter of words and deeds. You see what he says here? And he says, Jesus got up, verse 9, and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the head, the head of his cloak. She said to, her, said to herself, if I only touch him, I'll be healed. Jesus turned back and, and, saw, uh, and saw her. Take her, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And we, and, and the woman was healed. At that moment. Now let's go for that. When Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the food players and the noisy crowd, the noisy crowd, he said, Go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. Did we see this now? But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by hand and she got up. If you look at verse 26, that is Matthew. 9 verse 26. It talks about the news of him spread, isn't it? <coughs> it said, news of this spread through that region. Now, that is influence. We are talking about reaching your sphere of influence. Now, what is our sphere of influence? That is the reach of our influence, the whole world. This gospel of the kingdom we preach in the whole earth as a testimony to all mankind and then the end will come. Now, if we look at this, I've covered the three major communicating factors. 
that is your word, your deeds, and is how you can inspire others. Now, let me give you a few more things. So, if you look at all this scenario I've given you, you can now agree with me that the definition that was given to influence is correct. Influence refers to your ability to effect change. Anywhere Jesus went, he effected changes. He gave sight to the blind. He made the lame walk. He raised the hopeless, the, the child, the child uh, you know, widow of name who was hopeless. He raised Jairus' daughter. People were healed. Power was gone out of his body. That is influence, ability to effect change. But however, i.e., example, ability to shape and alter the choices, behaviors, actions of those around you to achieve a desired response. That is the response you desire. When people are healed, they give God the glory, isn't it? But the intention of the healing is to reveal God to them. So when you get when you get people to say, "Oh, there is God," either by miracle, by teaching, by signs and wonders, then you have influenced them. And this is what we need to capture the whole world. But before we close, I want to say to Ross, take note of these three things. Number one, the broader your influence, the broader your influence, your sphere of influence the more people you will impact. The broader your sphere of influence, the more people you will impact. Number two, growing your influence means more visibility for you as a leader. You must do everything to grow your influence because the more your influence grows, the more visibility. Understanding that your influence as a minister does not just grow by yourself. Your influence as a minister, you influence your members, then you influence those who they invite, and each person you influence will now go out and influence others who will come and be influenced, like the story of the woman of Samaria. Jesus influenced that. She went to the whole city, influenced the whole city, the whole city came and gave their life to Christ. So you must grow your influence. Number three, understanding who you can influence is a crucial factor in your journey to becoming a high-impact leader or to build a sustainable leadership. That is for you to understand who you can influence. You need that. You must understand who you can influence and concentrate on who you can influence. I'm going to show you another graph now that will just um, explain a little bit about that. You need to understand your understanding who you can influence is crucial, a crucial factor in your journey to becoming a high-impact leader. Like I am a member of the church. I look at my members. There are some of them that I can influence and I understand them. I map them. There are others I'm still working on because I've not fully influenced them. I recognize them. That will help me my strategy to, to know how, what did I do to the first people that I could influence them. I cannot do it to the next people. And being able to identify these factors will help you to be able to have a progressive plan on reaching the end of your sphere of influence. If you look at, there is a, there is a, 
There is a, sorry, I have to put it on the face of money. <laughs> there is a, you know, a graph I put on, on for you. That graph has a nucleus that is a circle graph. The one in the center, which is the primary, the most concentration is what you, you are directly responsible for. That is to understand who you can influence. You must first identify what are your direct responsibilities as a person? The second consideration is what you can influence. What are your responsibilities? You may not be able to influence all within your responsibility. But what can you influence within your responsibility? And the third consideration is everything else outside of your control of influence. And this will help you to be able to reach both your current influence and your future influence. Let me give you some, de- some things that you write down further than that. Things you need to do to extend your sphere. There's a practical step. You live here now. Your church won't, you want to, you know, you're affecting your church already. You have a lot manners of platform. You may have to re-examine that. We'll look at that in my second lecture. But however, you want to take the church out. You want to sell your product, which is salvation out to people to the whole that is your Jerusalem, your Judea, Samaria ends of the earth I want us to do this let us just center on Jesus' principle today Jesus did not leave one spot where the news spread let that be our primary purpose so that all our planning will be that I'm not leaving this place but what can I do to spread the influence and these are the things you are looking into number one, improve your communication skills let the word of God richly dwell in you. Improve your communication skill. More effective, effective engagement with others translates to your having a greater influence on them. You know, the more you engage your people, the more you influence them. Don't be a pastor who preaches to people once on, in a week. The more engagement you create, yeah? That is improving your communication skill with them. The more you pray with them, the more you counsel, the more you have time for them, the more you influence their mind. Number two, build trust. The first one is improve your communication skill. That is by getting yourself more and more, speaking, discussing, you know, dialoguing with your sphere of influence. In turn, and now we are looking at current sphere. Then number two, build trust. Amos 3.3 says, two cannot work together unless they agree. Amos 3.3. The more the individual in your sphere of influence trusts you, the more willing they will be, they will be to engage with you as a pastor. Understand that pastors don't have personal life. Your life is to serve and die. Either you have benefited or are not benefited is irrelevant. Jesus must be known. Once you say you are a pastor, you, you have lost your comfort, you have lost your mind, you have lost your, 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 your holiday. You can't be a minister of God and be saying that my holiday, my holiday. If God doesn't give you which holiday, the Bible says, woe to him that have comfort and desire. If the Lord gives you, you go for holiday. Holiday is not why you are appointed. If you want holiday, go and work in Shell. Work in the, in the treasury. That is where they give them holiday. But if you are a minister of God, let me tell you something. To build trust is primary to you. And the more the individual in your sphere, that is your church, 
or outside all the influence I've given you, the more the more people in your sphere of influence trust you, the more willing they will be to engage with you. That is anything you tell them to do, they will run with it. Trust and influence start from listening to others. You must be able to listen to them, to know what where it holds them. You know, some people will come to us and give us, hey, I have this problem. And you wonder that with all these years you have been with me, you are still having this problem. Let me say something to you. You better listen to them and look for a way to get them out of the problem. Oh, you have canceled them over it before. How many times will I cancel you? As many times as they come, Jesus said. You know, in no way drive them away. Until if somebody you have been canceling on the same thing and they are coming again and again, then there is something you have not been able to do. That is to influence them. You have not been able to get your desired uh, intention. So, build trust. Number three, understand and develop your organizational structure. I will talk about that in the, in the in second um, lecture this morning. You might have to check your organizational structure. All the time, refer to your structure. You must understand and you must continue to develop your organizational structure. Organizational structure, uh, culture, sorry. Your culture, organizational culture, I'm talking about, not structure. The culture of your organization. Because you yourself, who want to influence people, understand that there are many factors that, that, that affect, you know, influence as well. Like developing technology, developing sociology, social behavior, all manners of all this evil happening all over the whole world and stuff. Those things affect the people you influence and they affect your approach to influence. And you must understand and regularly develop your culture. Every organization has its own values and behaviors where you can influence and bring your values to bear. That is, your values must be made known to people who you are influencing. By drawing on this, you can understand the necessary component for developing influence within your organization. All right? Your values, your behaviors, and then developing your culture. All the time. Don't deviate from it. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Let the word of, of, of Christ dwell in you as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing songs and uh, hymns and spiritual songs and uh, with gratitude unto God. You must know this that you must always engage your people. You must always influence them. You must always work within your values, within your culture. Sing it, read it, sign it, write it until it percolates. And the final one there is take stock of every, all your resources. Always take the stock of all your resources. Because you will need them in your replanning each time. Number one, what skills are available in your church? What talents are available in your church? Or information to do, uh, information the information that you process and how can you better utilize them to extend influence. That is, the skills in your church, get involved in social action, let them interact with community engagement, evaluate them, get them into it. Those who have talent, let them use it in the church and use it openly to, 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 to serve people, which will bring people into church. But when the people are coming to the church, Set up a proper, uh, 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 you know, framework where you can see, you get other people. This 
program brought them to church. Somebody has to engage them about who the church is, introducing the church to them, what they can get from the church, not just this benefit they have come to get, so that they can turn them to, to participants. And you can find that in the book of Luke, chapter uh, 14, verse 28. And it says, suppose one of you want to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money? We will talk more about that in the next lecture. Your vision should be to build a tower, not to build a hall. But you must sit down and evaluate, take stock of your resources, and make sure you use your strength, you channel them positively towards influencing people for Christ. Everything you do with your strength, with skill, with talent, make sure that your ultimate aim which is Christ will reveal. Because if you go to school, you have money, you give money out, you help the poor, you help people. Don't present yourself as a helper. Let them know I'm doing this for you because of the man. And use the opportunity to serve Jesus Christ. Now reflection. Good. I have just um, about three more minutes. Reflection. Extend your sphere of influence. To extend your sphere of influence, it requires self-awareness. Write this down. To extend your sphere of influence, this requires self-awareness. Number two. You start, therefore, by asking yourself a question about your future aspiration. When you leave this place, this is what you do. Self-awareness. Ask yourself, what is your future plan? In asking about this, ask this question. Who would you like to introduce within your sphere of influence? Or sorry, include. Who would you like to include within your sphere of influence? You have the people, I told you the other time, there are people in church that you have already influenced. Alright, they are for you anything you say. They do it. They will come and ask you, what can we do? But you have others who are still labor. Alright, map them. So that you can now begin to look at your approach towards them and the approach that you use to get the first people so that you can now begin to look, you know, apply to them. Number two question. How will you achieve this in a way that is mutually beneficial? That is the people that you have not reached, must, they must feel that they will benefit from your approach. That will attract them to listen to your influence and then to, to, to follow you. Number three question. What challenges might you encounter once your sphere of influence begins to grow? You know, like now, we have finished COVID. God has promised revival. Assuming that in the month of September, you are going to your church, very small place, whatever the, the size may contain. And you have thousands of people queuing on the road and you say, ah, what is happening here? And they look at people who are protesting and they said that we're, we're good. there's a church there that we, we, we want to go. We've heard about what God is doing there and it is your church that you even didn't know. What challenges can that pose? Look at this COVID-19. Look at the challenges COVID-19 has posed to every one of us. Are we together now? Mm-hmm. And so, you must always look at what challenges that your growth may pose. And finally, the last one, what will you do to mitigate these challenges? 
Because our time is gone, I would like to stop where we are today. And I'm going to pray with you, but by the grace of God, our second session will cover, that will be very brief, a summary. Uh, but that I intend to teach you more on um, sustainable leadership. Because we have had a lot of spiritual, but we need to now put the spiritual into practical. So that it is not just, oh, it was a good conference. It was a, it was a, a, a serious convention. No. What can we do? What should we do? So that we live there, we sit down with our members, and we can synergize together, and we can come about uh, a reasonable thing. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you so much for your grace you have given to us. We thank you for your power that works within us. We thank you for your mercy that you have shown us. And Lord, I pray, as I spoke at the beginning of this meeting, that all prophecies spoken to these lives, all these people, their churches, begin to take effect from now. Mm-hmm. There will be none under my voice who will not be part of the great harvest that you have poured upon the earth. Mm-hmm. Lord, as we take a recess now to come back to look at the last part of it and then we do our nineteen service, may your grace and unction from heaven that has rested upon us, continue to manifest within us. Amen. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying. Amen. amen and amen and amen. I want to thank every one of you, uh, you know, for this season that we have spent. Let us, let us take our break now. I dismiss you in the name of the Lord.